Well, good evening, China Grove, First Baptist Church. I hope that you're all having a wonderful week. Uh, my name is Trent Dry, and I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church, and I'm excited uh, that we can open God's Word tonight and study it together. Uh, Matthew 28:18 says these words, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. It is the great commission that the Lord Jesus Christ gave to the church and his followers as he ascended into heaven. And uh, we are saying that it is a commission to be disciples who make disciples. We are called to be disciples who make disciples, to baptize and to teach as we go through our everyday life. And the last several weeks, last two weeks, we have looked at what it means to be a disciple. Uh, and we've looked at how to study the Bible, how to learn and grow in our knowledge and understanding of who God is and what God has done. And for two weeks, we talked about Bible study. And last week, I shared with you some information on how you can understand and interpret uh, the Bible through something called the inductive Bible study method, where we observe, where we interpret or explain, and then apply the text to our life. And I intended to do a, a study on prayer tonight, uh, but as I was thinking and praying and doing my own personal study, um, I had came across or not came across, but I was looking at the life of Peter. And I thought, man, that would be a good Wednesday evening study to do, is to look at the life of Peter. You know, Peter was a disciple. Uh, in fact, he's probably my favorite disciple because we see great moments of success and growth in his life, and we also see failure. And he's just he's just a guy. He's a normal guy, like, like me, really. Uh, and you, and it, it's just so cool to look at his life, and, and as we study, I want us to see what it means to be a disciple through the eyes of Peter. Uh, that's kind of my goal, is to see what being a disciple looked like through his eyes. And so tonight for our study, we're going to start with his call to be a disciple, and we'll look at that in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. But before we dig in, uh, let me open us with a time of prayer. Father God, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this time together. And as we open your word, may it be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And Father, we ask that you would help us to understand and apply the truths of your word to our life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, every, in every year the NFL has an NFL draft where they uh, draft new players from the college ranks to become professional athletes. It's an exciting time for the players, for the coaches, for the fans, and they're waiting on that phone call. And you see the exceptional athletes go first, the cream of the crop, the, the qualified players. They're all drafted at the top, and they go on to have long, successful NFL careers. But there's always the guy who's the last pick in the seventh round. He is referred to by many as Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. He's the last pick. It is very unlikely he will make the team that he was drafted by. It's very unlikely he will 
accomplished anything as an NFL football player. From time to time, you might find one or two. But Mr. Irrelevant will have a very short and somewhat unsuccessful NFL career. You know, as I think of Christianity today, there's people that you look at and you're like, well, those are unlikely disciples. You know, you know, they, they wouldn't be picked to be in the top tier of Christians if there was a Christian draft. And uh, it's not judgmental. It's just, you know, we have the, we see those people who just, they're rough and they're tough, and we wouldn't expect them to be Christians. Uh, we wouldn't expect them to be disciples. They're not polished. And uh, the truth is, I'm not polished. Uh, the truth is, people may look at me and be like, well, I can't believe he's a disciple or he's a preacher. Uh, and, you know, there's many people like that. Uh, but there's one a really influential guy in the New Testament. His name was Peter. See, Peter met Jesus with his brother Andrew while they were fishing. And, and Peter, like all the 12, were very unlikely candidates to be the disciples of a rabbi. You see, he's a fisherman. And which, if you remember back to our first study together, I shared with you the three levels of kind of education in the day. And that third level of education was when you would go before a rabbi and the rabbi would test you. And if you made the cut, if you passed the test, the rabbi would extend an invitation to follow. Uh, if you didn't make the cut, if you didn't pass the test, or maybe you chose not to go that extra level of education, then you would go to the family business or you would go into a profession. You would go to work. And so as I think of uh, Peter and him being a fisherman, uh, he may not have made the cut. Uh, he may have chose not to be a disciple of one of those rabbis. And so he is a fisherman. And so he's an unlikely candidate for the Messiah to pick as one of his followers. You see, fishermen, they were a very distinct class of people. They were hard workers, but they could be crude in manner. They could be rough in speech, and their treatment of others was not very good either. In fact, James and John, before they became tempered by Jesus, uh, by Jesus' influence, their nicknames were the Sons of Thunder. You see, the fishermen's exposed to all kinds of weather as they fished, and that made them hard individuals, and it made them fearless. And so as Jesus comes on the scene, these are the types of people he's going to call to be his followers. Those people who aren't perfect, those people who um, are least likely to be picked in the minds of others. They are uh, certainly unqualified to do so. They're kind of like the, the last pick in the NFL draft. And so today as we start a study of Peter and him and what it looked like for him being a disciple Let's start in Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So take your Bibles and read with me, and I'll pause as we read to give some explanation as we go. Chapter 1, or chapter 5, verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. And so let me set the scene for you so you can picture what's going on. Uh, Jesus is a teacher. He's a preacher. He's, he's been traveling up and down the shore um, preaching, and people are captivated by what he is saying. They're, they're learning, and he's teaching with authority. And so the crowds begin to press in, 
Uh, and the way I see this in my mind is he's kind of on the shore and he keeps getting backed up and backed up and then he kind of steps in the water a little bit and, and he looks over and there's two boats. And he's like, well, that might be a good idea because they keep pushing me into the water. I'm going to need a boat. And, and But the fishermen, they're already working. You know, they've got their nets all hung up and they're picking the trash out of their nets and getting them cleaned up and ready for the next night. They had fished all night long. And so they had worked all night. They were finishing up the task of cleaning the nets before they went home to rest. And so here is this teacher, who, and I feel quite sure the fishermen had been listening to him teach. And so here's this teacher, and he sees these boats, and then he can, we continue reading in verse 3. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now, I can imagine this, Peter, that hard, gruff fisherman, doing his job. And here's this Jesus, this teacher saying, excuse me, would you come help me and push this boat out a little ways? And, of course, Peter did. Simon, which would become Peter, did. And, and taking time out of his day to help Jesus. And so, verse 4, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master. Now, I love, just notice this. He calls him Master right here in verse 5. Master, we toiled and worked all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And so they had fished all night. They didn't catch anything. They had a bad night. Nothing. And here Jesus is during the day when you're not supposed to fish. Jesus says, hey. Go to the deep waters. And I can imagine Peter thinking, oh, this isn't going to work, but I'll do it anyway. He's the rabbi. And so verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Oh, wow. Jesus said, hey, put your nets over here, and then they filled up with fish. Can you imagine what might be going through these minds of these fishermen? This idea of, oh my goodness, something miraculous has happened. In verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Look here, O Lord. You see, he called him master back in Verse 5, yeah, yeah, master, I'll send him out. And here, after this catch, after Jesus did this miracle, he says, oh, Lord, as he is confessing he is a sinful man, not worthy to follow him, he is now confessing Jesus as the Lord of his life. Verse 9, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. Verse 10, and also, and so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, "Do not be afraid, for now, from now on, you will be catching men." And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. They followed Jesus, who was going to teach them how to be fishers of men. Sounds like they're going to be disciples of Jesus who are committed to making disciples for Jesus. 
But what type of person is Peter? Well, we've talked a little bit about it already, but a few other things is he was consistently cast as the leader of Jesus' disciples in Matthew 10 2, Mark 3 16. He was outspoken. He was unafraid of letting his voice and opinion be heard. He was loyal. He was a person of action, not afraid of confrontation when speaking to Jesus or confronting the Roman authorities when they came to arrest Jesus. We know that Peter was married and had a family. Uh, there was even one time where he wanted Jesus to heal his mother-in-law uh, in Mark 1, 29 through 31, and we see it again in 1 Corinthians 9, 15. Peter was not afraid to follow Jesus. He was the first one to step out of the boat and try to walk on water following after Jesus in Matthew 14, 28 to 31. Did Peter have a temper? Well, I think he did. He seemed to be uh, a loyal and honest person, but he also was very passionate. He was a passionate individual. We see this temper kind of rise up at the arrest of Jesus because it was Peter who drew his sword and cut off the man's ear. We know that Peter called down curses on himself when he denied Jesus in Matthew 26, 74 and Mark 14, 71. Peter's occupation as a fisherman uh, before knowing Christ reveals that he would have been a rough person and probably had a temper. But that's a part of the beauty of Peter's story. It's the beauty of his witness. Because he wasn't perfect. But God still used him in mighty, mighty ways. Peter firmly knew God's love for him through Jesus, despite his faults and his failures and his inadequacies. My question to you is, do you know that God loves you through Jesus Christ, despite your faults and your inadequacies and, and inadequacies and your failures? We're all sinners, yet God loves us and sent Jesus Christ, his one and only son, to die so that we could have eternal life with him. That is what it looks like to be a disciple. It's taking all this mess, all this roughness that's around us and say, hey, God, I don't know why you love me, but you do. I don't know why you've chosen me to do this or to do that, or you've called me to be your disciple, but you have. So take my life. Help correct me, rebuke me. Jesus often rebuked Peter. There was one instance where Jesus rebuked him saying, get thee behind, get behind me, Satan. Whew. Wow. Peter had to be rebuked, but he grew and he got better. You see, being a disciple does not mean that we will be perfect all the time. We can't be. We're humans. But what uh, being a disciple means that each day we are going to grow. We are going to learn. And we are going to become more and more like Jesus Christ. We do that by reading and studying the Word of God. We do it by spending time in prayer. We do it by attending corporate worship services. We do it by being a part of small groups and Sunday school classes and and disciple groups with one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one -on -one discipling. We do it together. And together we will learn how to be more like Jesus with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. And so do not let your inadequacy stop you from being a disciple. 
Do not let your failures or your faults lead you down a path that says, I can't follow. Because Peter did. James, John, Matthew, all the disciples were failures at some point. But they grew. They learned. Because they were committed to following Jesus and being his disciple. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of the week.